0: Hello everyone, thank you so much for tuning into EPW's Research Radio. I'm Rahul Bhise and today we'll be getting in conversation with Yogesh Maitreya. Yogesh is a poet, columnist, writer, and founder of the Panthers Pop publication. Yogesh is also a PhD scholar at TISS, that is Tata Institute of Social Sciences. He is studying the history of Ambedkarayat Shahiri in Maharashtra. This podcast is based on the article Namdev Dhasar's New Language that was published in the EPW Journal on 27th of October 2018. February 15th is marked as the death anniversary of poet extraordinaire Namdev Dasa, and EPW pays homage to him with this feature. Thank you so much for joining us Yogesh. Thank you Rav. Yogesh, Marathi poet Namdev Dasa's work are a significant development in the world of literature. As they talk to the oppressed masses and their conscience in the language that they use every single day. You have quoted one of his poem called Arsha Baddal that is about mirror at the very start of your article where he writes and you translate. Why should I mock you? Your rule is transparent out there. Your reflection is the only authority. What is the meaning behind these lines and how will you explain them?
1: Uh, Rahul, uh, thank you for inviting me to do this podcast. And the very first question like uh, you asked, like uh, like the article which I have contributed to EPW about uh, Namde Dasar. N- Namde Dasar's uh, uh, emergence into Marathi Literary World is a significant, not only a development, but I, I must say that it is a phenomenal event because uh, it is something it has disrupted the way the Marathi language has been written and read. The moment Golpita was released and when it was uh, distributed among people, people got, got their hands on it and they started reading it. Those who were aware of Dasal's uh, poem or his activism or his, his life uh, in the so, uh, movement for social justice or in the movement for annihilation of caste, they were aware of Dasal, but the lay readers, the literatures like uh, to th- those so-called literary pandits, they were not aware of Dasal as a person. So they got to know Dasal as a person or via his being a poet. So And that is how, like when the, that particular language in which uh, Namdev used, it was something he has uh, made a great, uh, a very great and, uh, you know, philosophically very strong fusion of everyday language, everyday imageries and the philosophical concepts. So Namde was some, some, somewhere like, you know, far beyond, uh, you know, the far beyond the gauge of literary pandits as well as uh, lay readers. The Buddha said that uh, you should must see the thing as and what they are you know, in order to know the truth and in order to fight for the justice. So when Namdeo talks about the mirror, he talks about someone who is the only honest authority here in the caste society. Mirror is something we say that mirror is something uh, which does not lie. Society as a collective has far away alienated from the truth. Of their being so in this society the, the messenger or the teacher of the truth was also erased in the pages of history but uh, they can they can they can fool the people but they cannot fool their own image which they see in the mirror and that is how that is how and that is what the purpose of the function of mirror Namdev sees in this particular poem Arshapadal so here, uh, uh, as I said again, uh, and I'm repeating again that uh, the mirror is uh, an object, but they uh, used it as a, as someone uh, that uh, it is, it is something the, or although it is an inanimate object, the object, which, 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 which doesn't move, but it has the authority to speak truth to us or. To speak truth to the power uh, to say it. So I, I, I think uh, this is the gist of this particular poem. As
0: you said that Namdev Dasa has used the language that most of the people talk in their daily life. He is making use of the language that people actually hear, that people actually speak, people actually think in it. And then he is fusing that language with the sophisticated philosophical example of a mirror. And then uh, the kind of meaning that he's coming out with is simply amazing. So, talking about Golpitha, my next question to you is, Namdev dasa's first collection of poems, Golpitha, is a revolutionary work in literature. And Yogesh, you have mentioned that Golpitha was the arrival of the rejected world in the literary life of a nation. It was not only Dasar's caste location in the urban context that was responsible for the emergence of Golpitha, that is a non-Brahminical anti-caste narrative, but it was also a result of voracious reading habits as well as conversion to Buddhism. So Yogesh, how do you analyze the role of Golpitha in the evolution of Marathi literary conscience?
1: Now, rejected world is someone like the people who were never, never been the part of national imagination. Now, now what is national imagination? Those who have read Fanon uh, get some sense that what is, uh, uh, what, what do I mean by national imagination? Now, national imagination is created by, you know, lot of, lot of things like, it is created by the literature. It is created by cinema. It is created by all the cultural uh, aspects which uh, society or the nation state produces within its uh, boundaries. So, who the people who who dominate that national imagination are someone who are accepted among everybody, are people who are deliberately now people who are deliberately rejected are someone who are who always seek the truth but the rule of the dominant or rule of the oppressed you know thinks that they are the obstacle for the dominance or the, for, the, for the for the for the privileges of uh, themselves so they deliberately this is another way to, to oppress people uh, to is to reject or the erase them from the pages of history, and then consequently the imagination of the society. Now, these these uh, in India it is a curious case because here majority is rejected, majority is erased, and the minority like Brahmins or Savarnas uh, they dominate every field of uh, you know. Uh, 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 Every field, every field which constructs national imagination, whether it is cinema, whether it is art, whether it is painting, whether it is poetry or whether it is the historical discourse, whether it is, you know, uh, anything else. Uh, see Rahul, uh, uh, in every state we have uh, at least 30 to 50 scheduled castes. In every state, in every linguistic states, I think we have like somewhere 30 to 50 scheduled castes, non Maharashtra. 59 scheduled castes which are actually scheduled under constitution. They are called scheduled castes or or ex-untouchables. But among them like uh, as a matter of historical fact that uh, Mahars they converted to Buddhism in 1956. Now what kind of changes this conversion has brought? You know, uh, uh, with, with this conversion we did not get jobs like missionaries get Uh, We we did not get a convent school education like missionaries get, or we did not get ration or we did not get jobs or we did not get promise to go to foreign land or something. Nothing of that sort we have got from converting to Buddhism. So after uh, uh, converting to Buddhism, this generation has uh, started investing their labor and their whatever the resources they have into the education of their sons and daughters. Also, they have started investing in the movement, now they have created a lot of small pamphlets, small magazines, many of them failed, but they even despite the failures, nothing has stopped them from writing, reading and publishing as baba sahib also said that uh, transformation of your mind is the biggest uh, goal uh, it should be the biggest goal of a human being. so so this generation uh, because of the conversion because of the teaching of the buddha because of the uh, because, of, because of the ideas which baba sahib has given to them they started investing into education and that has created a generation of readers so, Namdev belongs to that generation of voracious readers. Although they had their own problems, they had their own problems like uh, un- in terms of unemployment, uh, you know, uh, poverty, so atrocities. Despite everything, these people, this they, uh, they have created a, a tradition of uh, reading, you know. So that reading reading has has shaped the thought process of Namdev as well as the conversion of Buddhism given to him the philosophical standing. So he could clearly see who he is in the history of this nation. A confused person cannot become a good poet and let alone that he can be a poet who can affect the generations. Marathi literary tradition or the Marathi literature was totally corrupted by the Brahmins. They have written the language they understand and no one else. And that is the language they also try to teach other people through schools and everything. And they have written their sensibilities. It had nothing to do with whatever Pula Deshpande has written. It had nothing to do with the Dalit Bojan people and their life and their everyday life. So Namdev came with the life of dalit bahujan people everyday life of dalit bahujan people and that is uh, when we said dalit bahujan people we talk about 80 85% of majority so so if one language if 100 people are speaking one language and only four to five people's uh, the language they speak only they have the right to get uh, to to write to publish, to make a discourse and their literature only circulated among other 85% of people which means that uh, they are uh, erasing the reality of 85% people Namde came from the uh, community of the 85% people and that is the biggest uh, evolution Namde's Golpita is the biggest evolution if it should be called in the Marathi literary scene yeah, let me tell you like what I think about how Golpita has disrupted uh, the Marathi scene because uh, it has uh, the language the poems and everything about Golpita from the language to its sensibilities its metaphor imageries it had nothing to do with what Marathi world what Marathi world had imagined so far so uh, until 1972 whatever had happened in the in the in the history and the discourse of marathi language golpita was totally opposed to that golpita was a anti uh, golpita was a antithesis to what had happened in marathi through marathi you know, namde used the same same tool which is the language the marathi but at the same time it was not marathi
0: talking about the language yogesh you mentioned that Namdev Dasar's poetic narratives involved a creative assemblage including the non-Brahminical dialect of Marathi, Hindi and Urdu spoken in Golpitha which is a red light area in Mumbai which Dasar used to refer to as Do Number Ki Duniya. Now the language of Dasar's poem was a language that was never used in literature. How did this revolutionize the Marathi literature? Can you please give a small comment over this one?
1: Uh, see uh, the uh, Golpita is about uh, uh, it's about uh, Namdev's growing up and Namdev's acquiring the sensibilities uh, while growing up in this particular area, uh, which is called Golpita. Now you under uh, red light area. Now, now, now. Uh, imagine that the, uh, the stories of Dalit Bahujan have never came into forefront in any language. So you can imagine the stories from the brothel. Now, people like Manto, they go to, you know, they go to brothel. They spend some time there and write stories. Namdev was totally different. Namdev was way, way ahead of Manto. Not because uh, his uh, writings, uh, because of his, uh, any anything to do with the, his writing style or the language, but also because Namdev knew them. Namdev was one among them. And people like Manto and all who are celebrated, uh, they were outsiders. They were exploiters of the stories of people from whom the means of writing have been snatched. So Namdev, being one among them, have given them a voice for the first time. Now this is uh, uh, this is the uh, the doubly doubly erased world we don't talk about the uh, you know the the world of uh, the traditional languages did not talk about the world or the stories sensibilities of Dalit Bojur people let alone that they talk about the lives and the stories and the human humanness uh, which exists there uh, in the brothel Namdev talked about it. He did not only write. See, if you if you read Golpita very clearly, you may understand. You may start to get a sense that he did, he does not talk about the exploitation in red light area. He talks about the humanity there. He talks about how humanity is there in Golpita. How how people are people there. How people are human there. How people are uh, faulty there. How people are cheater there. Which uh, people are cheater everywhere. How people people feel anger there. How people feel rage there. How people sometimes lie there. So it is like a normal world. It is like a world of a world uh, which is like anything else. Dasar has also referred to this world as do number ki dunya. What does he mean by that? So this do number ki dunya is something like uh, the sophisticated world does not want to talk about it, but it also cannot do away with that. It, the first number. Aek number ki duniya ko do number ki duniya ki dhururath hai, right? So, so he talks about uh, this do number ki duniya because uh, this do number ki duniya also consists of uh, people from the aek uh, number, you know, aek number ki duniya ke loog aadhe, do number ki duniya mein hoote, because they are the customers, right? That is that is, because they are the customers, they cannot uh, hold themselves immune from not being a part of it. So that is the beauty. That is the that is the beauty and the significance of Dasan Pulpita that he talks reality. He talks reality uh, to which eight number ki dunya always scared to talk about. You know we 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 are used to uh, write or speak literature which can pleases, or which should pleases our senses. Jevunath led Mr. Which, see, uh, this, uh, this, the vocabulary here is everyday used among, I mean, uh, to talk about my own example, uh, I, while I grow, the majority of this word we used in our vasti everyday. So uh, I know like what is mean like uh, Jevnath laid I think it is very much a particular to uh, uh Mahar world, you know, or the Bastis where Mahars were the majority or the uh, Maharvara. So I know what is it, you know. Uh, disrupted, he has shattered your listening sensibilities, and he he made you, he made you listen to the truth first. Before proceeding to seek the beauty. You want to seek the beauty in literature, but before that, you need to understand the truth of the society from which from where this literature is going to be produced. This no society can produce the literature which is beautiful, utterly beautiful, without without talking about this ugly truth. So, this is why Namdev's language was never used in literature and when Namdev used it, it has completely revolutionised nice Marathi literature.
0: This is a very uh, powerful kind of work that Namdev Dasar has uh, given birth. So we'll move to our next question. Indira Athavle, professor of Marathi and a noted Dalit writer, has said, and you translate, In the poems of Dasar, words that were considered as uncouth, and never given a place in the world of poetry by white-collar people, have found use frequently. He does not use the word to show his different speciality, but an experience is expressed in an impactful manner through these words, and hence, he is found using these words structurally in his poems. The word he wants to describe known in this language, not only this, but it is the language of the world. So, Yogesh, there is a distinction between two worlds here, and Namdev caters to the other world. How do you look at these two worlds?
1: What had What had happened uh, across the world in terms of wars and revolutions and liberation? This Buddhist conversion is is something uh, the strongest, the 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 very colossal political act. You know, the lives of people have changed without you know. Without fighting a war on the ground with gun and uh, bullets and everything, it's just simple. Like you know, it's a it's an intellectual uh, endeavor. It's an in, uh, this 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 war, this anti-caste war, began you know with the declaration of uh, a kind of an intellectual assertion that now we are this and we belong to this world. Now, Namdi belongs to the uh, probably the first or the second generation of people who, who got converted or, or especially I think he, he, the first generation of uh, uh, first generation who, who grow up immediately after uh, Buddhist conversion. So everything uh, you just imagine today you and me, we got ready-made symbols of like Buddha or Ambedkar or the books, everything. And we uh, we do know we do not have to spend much time to understand that okay we, we are Buddhists you know the historically Buddhist our uh, right and we do not uh, have to spend much time into uh, realizing or feeling ourselves as a as a Buddhist but imagine that the people who newly become that you know for them uh, everything was new the canvas were totally black and they had to draw the painting of their life newly. So, f- for that matter, then they need to understand ABCD of their life from the start, right? So, in this sense, Namdev, uh, you know, like uh, uh, the, the, uh, the world uh, and Namdev's reality as a person, as an individual, Namdev's reality was very much uh, different than lot of lot of Dalits, because of there there were many Dalits who were living in Golpita, but Namdev happened to be someone who have written about it for the first time so so uh, see uh, the stories we read about Namdev's life Namdev came from a nearby village from pune right uh, he he came to bombay with his father so his and his father was was was, was uh, working at a butcher shop in gulpita uh, which was also a place where a lot of Dalits used to come from nearby villages and migrate and come there to work, you know, uh, and settle. Namdev's father was like, you know, working at a butcher shop um, in Golpita. So Namdev migrated, I think, uh, when he was five or six, he migrated to Bombay. Now, this was something immediately after conversion. Uh, so I, uh, I, as I am telling you that uh, conversion after conversion you need totally different language for your lifestyle. But na- Namde happened to be arrived in Golpita where uh, language was something very very much different. Within that context Namde happened to be uh, be a part of Golpital, the locality of Golpita where uh, which was known for uh, known as a red light area and uh, he grew up among all these people as we derive from his poetry that he grew up among all these though number of people like prostitutes he he, uh, he grew up among people who were peddlers you know smugglers so you can imagine that the way they used to converse with each other the way they used to uh, speak to each other the way they used to address each other it is something totally different than sophistications of any languages in the world he was just schooled you know, he he managed to get himself educated you know, so that he can write and read. But he was not someone like who, you know, who, was a, who went to be, become a graduate or a PhD or something. But he was a voracious reader. He was far beyond. He was, he, he may be equal to like, you know, like 500, 600 PhD scholars. So he was, he was it is because of his reading ability, uh, reading habits, his reading, uh, reading his is hunger for reading. And it comes from uh, Baba Sahib's uh, lifestyle, you know, Baba Sahib was a voracious reader. So, so, uh, and then uh, for, for his livelihood, uh, Namdev did a lot of things, uh, something which we call like, you know, the, something we consider as illegal. Uh, Sometimes he drew taxi, he did a lot of small, small thing you know, so he was never, never at one place to earn his livelihood, he did a lot of things but at the a center of his life there was a, a anti movement and there was poetry. Okay, so uh, Chitre was like, uh, I think uh, he was, uh, I don't know what people call um, in what we people consider him, but uh, Chitre did not have a uh, you know, broad vision in terms of looking at human beings. Uh, he does not understand what is bodhisattva. You know, bodhisattva is someone like uh, who is on the part of truth, right? So if if Dasal was someone, if uh, to if to Dasal he considered as a bodhisattva. So uh, bodhisattva is someone who is on the part of truth. And he then if he is a bodhisattva, then he is bodhisattva for entire humanity. Why should why should or just because uh, just because Dasal grew up among uh, or happened to be a Dalit and he is on the path of uh, truth or fighting for truth. So he can be, he he, he is only restricted to poor Bodhisattva. If you look at the things in this way Dilip Jitre can, can be called caste person. Uh, uh, when we come from the down, we have lot of weight on our shoulder and on our mind of, of, this, uh, of the ugliness of this society and and in this in this weight we forget to see our beauty in that so so and when we assert that beauty from our words the people who who deliberately uh, you know uh, put the weight of their ugliness onto the uh, onto the shoulder of dalit bojan people cannot see the beauty of uh, dalit bojan people so this is what i think about this Right, right. So, as you said,
0: that Dalip Chitre, he, he lacked the kind of understanding that should be there, and uh, from there, I think this comment comes out poor man's bodhisattva. Rather than calling a bodhisattva, he is restricting the dasar to poor men. Moving to our next question uh, Yogesh Namde poems have always remained in high demand in the field of literature, despite all. The criticism, poems have deconstructed and consequently constructed the trust we place in the poetry as the imagination of an equal, just and fraternal world, fundamentally a caste-laced world. The language that has been looked down upon finds admirers and class that looks down upon it, makes profit out of it. How do you see this phenomenon in the world of publication? Uh,
1: The literature also got prominence. So it got prominence. So it got, uh, it has created a market. There was a demand that people want to read. People want to read the rage. Why some people are agitating? So the people slowly started to get interested in that. So these Brahmin publishers, uh, in uh, you know, uh, imagine the profit in that. So uh, then the, they have opened their doors because they wanted to get the profit. They have opened their doors. Uh, for Dalit literature so that they can publish and they can sell. And now I, I, I have heard lot of stories from so many Dalit writers, whoever I met so far, that uh, they don't get anything from publishers. They get only 30-40 uh, copies of, first print, that's it. And whenever they need 2-3 copies. Marx uh, summed up in one sentence that if you want to hang a capitalist, he will sell you the rope right so earlier for me you are dalit your words are also untouchable like you and because your uh, uh, words do not have any currency so they are doubly uh, untouchable for me they are useless but because you have fought so much now we are there now i think uh, we think uh, uh, it is time for us to you know publish you and then uh, uh, get profit out of it so this is something this is a purely capitalist instinct but at the same time India is not only capitalist society but it is the capitalism here is owned or the defined by the Baniyas and the Hmm.
0: so it's a nexus between these two communities uh, Yogesh will move to our next question in your article you have quoted Kenya's biggest writer Niuji Vaathiong who iterates the fact that the problem with repressive regimes is that they like to starve the imagination. They don't want you to think or imagine the possibilities of a different future. In the Indian context, the purpose of Brahmanical narrative was to starve the imagination of Dalits in the domain of literature. Yokesh, how do you explain this phenomenon?
1: After conversion, like you know, uh, uh, Baba Saib talked about this. Baba Sahib has underlined the principles or the idea of these two worlds. Is when he talks about the history of India, is nothing but the history of uh, Brahminism and Buddhism. Now, all the caste who follows the Brahmin rituals or the ideas of Brahmin in their public and personal social life. Uh, they are uh, uh, Brahminical world, and the people who reject that and people who adhere to the teachings or follow the teachings of the Buddha are are part of the second world. Now, when these people who are totally antithesis to the oppressive regimes of Brahminical society, they when they write, they write through their writings. They they imagine the world which is divided of. Sorrow, which is devoid of suffering, which is devoid of unjust treatment, which is devoid of humiliation based on the caste, which is devoid on any kind of discrimination and which uh, advocates the treatment of equality to everybody irrespective of any category. Now, by continuously imposing your ideas, your is ideas through your cinema, through your literature, through your academic papers, you are not only starving Dalits of imagination, but you are also erasing the possibility from their mind to imagine the new world for themselves.
0: We talk about Golpitha was a construction of Brahmanical literature and a reconstruction of less society. Namdev Dasar declares the epistemic base of this language, his poetry, when he says, Once you develop a taste for knowledge, you begin to grow fast. If you do not have a vision, you become a problem unto yourself. I never became a problem to myself. I became socialist, but as soon as I saw the hollowness of it, I turned to communism. However, whatever I did, my foundation was Ambedkar's vision. Yokesh, what is your take on it?
1: why i think the golpita was a deconstruction of brahmanical literature is because uh, how the when we read something something the idea of something is created within our mind when we read golpita that idea is completely broken so here we are golpita is a deconstruction of brahmanical literature and the imagination when you read ambedkar when you understand when you, when you begin to understand ambedkar's vision you understand one thing that Ambedkar is never asking you to stop at anything at any point in terms of intellectual persuasion you know and he's also not asking you to uh, pursue your intellectual uh, dreams in a
0: uh, in a
1: restrictive way the way uh, i think uh, some of us have failed to uh, understand Ambedkar's vision because without reading communism or without reading Marx we discard it Without reading uh, Socialism, we discard it. Whatever critics Baba Saib had about everything, he came to the conclusion after reading and then understanding his own life, his life of his own people with those theories. And that is what Dasal did. He was a oracious reader. What do I mean by he was a oracious reader? He was somewhere like he he got a taste of it. He got a taste of what is what. As Dasal said, once you develop a taste for knowledge, no? You begin to grow fast because you imagine life in multiple ways and the life becomes so vast for you that you see not only the the suffering in it but you also see the path and you also see the method to get get rid of that suffering. So that is what I call that you begin to grow fast because you see life in multiple ways. You see life not only as ugly or depressive you see life as also beautiful and progressive and ever-progressive.
0: Right. What we learn here is that Namdev Dhasar never restricted or shy away from who he is or what kind of journey he had. He's always upfront about it and then he's being really honest about it that, I, you know, I, I experimented with myself, may it be my political ideology or may it be anything else.
1: In that way, he, he, came, to very, he came very close to Ambedkar's vision. He came very close to Baba Sahib's vision because there is a merit in that in that life of intellectual persuasion, and not only that intellectual persuasion, but living up to that, you know. So not only the bookish knowledge, but also the knowledge which, uh, also converting that or transforming that knowledge into the actions where people are impacted. So I think uh, uh, this is uh, this is one of the ways to see the greatness of Dasar. Uh, I think uh, the the uh, the best homage I imagine uh, to Dasar is to read him and to 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 understand and just not only read him but to really understand what he meant.
0: Hmm. Okay. So far we have discussed the Namdev Dasar's work, how it revolutionized the literary world his first collection of poems called as Golpitha and how it was a deconstruction of Brahmanical literature and how it was a reconstruction of a casteless society. I highly recommend reading the entire article by Yogesh Maitreya as it gives important information about Dasa's nuanced literary work, the origin and evolution of the literature in Maharashtra. The article also gives us information on Dasa's new language and how it revolutionized the literature not only in Maharashtra but in entire India. The article also points out Dr. B. R. Ambedkar's vision and influence of Buddhism over the Dalit literature. I have shared the link to the article in the description of the podcast. Thank you so much for your uh, valuable time, valuable points and thank you so much for writing this article, Yogesh. Thank
1: you, Rahul. Thank you, EPW, for uh, this opportunity of recording this podcast. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you so much for your time and patience, listeners. I hope you really liked our discussions. Do let us know what you feel about it on our social media platforms such as Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I'm Rahul Bhise and I'll see you in the next episode.